This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Hello, my love tribe. Welcome to Heartblend Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Christian, and I help others often discover themselves to reach their highest potential. If you're new here, then welcome. And if you're returning, then hello. I'm so excited and happy to have you. Today, we have special guest, Shelly Buck, which I'm extremely excited and honored to have here. I hope you truly enjoyed this conversation. It was deeply impactful and immensely emotional, and it truly, truly helped me put in so many things and perspective in my own life as she shares the life journey of her son, Ryder Buck. Thank you so much for tuning in and stay tuned for this conversation. Hello, I am here with Shelly Buck, writer of Leave Your Light On and also a wonderful mother and wife of three sons. I wanted to welcome you, Shelly. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me, Lindsay. It's uh, delightful to be part of your program. Absolutely. I'm so excited to hear your story and also your son's story through your book. And just if you could share a little bit more about yourself and just how the journey has been so far with, with your book and how everything has been for you. Well, I'm, uh, I moved to L.A., from Chicago to work at Disney. That was my lifelong dream. Wow. And there I met my husband and um, we started having children right away after we were married. And our Mm -hmm. first son was Ryder. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, Chris went on to direct Frozen, Frozen 2. He co-directed those those films, Tarzan. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've had a very rich... um, animated life wow. if you will yeah um and uh um let's see Ryder grew up well he was the eldest of the three boys so um but he was so different I I expected a tornado when I started having boys and Ryder <laughs> was just such a calm um I won't say introverted but self-contained um and wise, wise old soul from wow. the very from the very beginning, his earliest years. And mm-hmm. I was pretty excitable and pretty intense. And we had to learn to do this dance where there was space for both of us. Mm-hmm. And it was mostly me learning to reel it in because it's not the child's job to accommodate the parent, you know. Um so that was a dynamic that lasted all the way through his life. Um, I was exuberant and taking pictures at every event. And he, mm-hmm. he played water polo. I was always poolside with my camera. And um, when he was, do you want me? Do you want me to continue? Sure. Yeah. The, okay. Yeah, when absolutely. he was twenty-two and, and in college for music, um, as he was a musician. Uh, played the guitar, wrote his own songs. Mm -hmm. Um, He was diagnosed with cancer. 
And that threw the whole family for a loop. I mean, Mm -hmm. to say the least. So we started, started treatment immediately. He had a surgery. Um, and, uh, I went with him every day he was inpatient. He'd be in for one week, out for two. And we did that three times from September to mid-November. And mm-hmm. he was cleared in uh, November just before the holidays, mm-hmm. which was wonderful. And then he had another doctor's appointment just to check his his numbers. Mm-hmm. And they found that it was back oh, no. and stronger. Um, so he had to go back in for four more rounds of treatment, which took us through May. And, um, the first, the first rounds were not, I mean, I wasn't hooked up to the poison, but Mm -hmm. he, he did pretty well. I mean, he took the loss of the hair in stride. He said, mom, Mm -hmm. it's just vanity. I'll be fine. You know? And, Mm -hmm. um, but the second set of rounds, he got much sicker Mm. and, um, and it was, you know, just harder to function while he was, while he was out of the hospital during his treatment, he Mm -hmm. would, he would go camping and hiking and up the coast and surfing and doing all sorts of things that made me crazy. I just wanted him (laughs) home on the couch watching Mm -hmm. soccer where I could see him and feed him and know he was safe. Mm -hmm. But, Um, you know, he was stretching his wings in a really big way. He wanted to get the very most out of life. He was facing his own mortality Mm -hmm. and, and he knew what his soul needed to, to do this treatment. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, we did that dance where I let the leash go and let him make decisions. And, um, we got through it. He was declared clear in the end of May and uh, just went on with his life. He he was having playing gigs all the way through his treatment. Wow. He would schedule gigs with his band, and um, so he continued to do that mm-hmm. and uh, celebrated life. That summer, he wanted to go study music in Bali, and oh, wow. oh yeah, letting him go halfway around the world. Um, (laughs) Oh my gosh, it was, it would be tough on a good day, but in these circumstances, the last thing I wanted to do was see him walk away that far Mm -hmm. away, but he went, he had, uh, the most spiritual journey, um, studying the culture, the religion, the people, Mm -hmm. their customs. And he came home even older and wiser Mm. than he had been when he left. And he had done, you know, quite a bit of reading of the spiritual masters while he was in treatment. But this, this was a transformed writer. And um, he, uh, he continued to record, he started, he started recording his music. So we have three CDs of his music, which we produced. Um, and in October, um, he, he had gotten to meet his musical idols um, and connected with them, got to tell his story of how they influenced him and kind mm-hmm. of got him through his cancer mm-hmm. at a huge concert and um, then made friends. 
And it wasn't a week later, they were playing at his memorial service. Oh, gosh. Yeah, he was, um, he didn't die of the cancer. He was um, walking home from his broken down car on the side of the freeway Mm. in a thick fog in the middle of the night. And these two guys were racing through the thick fog and they hit him. Oh, gosh. So that. Oh, the irony of it all. It's just like, really? I'm so sorry. Oh, thank you. Gosh, yeah. uh, that tragic. changed our world. Yeah, uh, yeah. I could, I, I just can't even imagine. And um, it, at the same time, it's still so inspiring to see how he allowed for his spirit to kind of lead him through that that rough transition, especially at such a young age. Yeah, uh, like how do you handle that? And you know, oh my goodness. Yeah. I call him young except for what he came into the world with, which was mm-hmm. this deep understanding um, yeah. of people. He was so intuitive that I knew if he brought someone home as a friend, they mm-hmm. were golden. Oh, you know, boy. he listened yeah. with his heart and he he spoke, you know, deeply and intently with with each of the people that he brought into his world. Mm-hmm. And um, I could always count on him to pick good friends. Oh, wow. Wow. What a, what an amazing story, but also just how were you able to get through that? I I mean, I could imagine it's extremely taxing on you as the, as the mom, the matriarch holding the glue for everyone um, to be by his side, you know, all times, but from your perspective, just how, how was how did that affect your relationship with him as well? Well, we, like I said, we did this dance of trying mm-hmm. to accommodate one another. And it yeah. was mostly me accommodating him because mm-hmm. that's the way it should be. Um, but I did have uh, his youngest brother at home. The, my middle son was away at college. So mm-hmm. um, uh, when we went and visited him once during writer's treatment, because he was in a play, Um, but my youngest was very demanding. He was the storm I expected when I started having boys. (laughs) I I got my storm. It's always Um, the youngest one. I don't know how that works out. (laughs) Yeah. He just wanted to climb over everybody's back and be top dog. Um, so we, uh, we all, you know, we really gathered around as a family and, mm-hmm. you know, I did the research on the best diet for cancer patients mm-hmm. and um, I tried to provide what Ryder, what I could for Ryder, but what he really needed was within himself mm-hmm. and he had to find that. And so these excursions he went on, you know, um, were just part of his healing Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and he did, he came through it beautifully mm-hmm. and was just wiser, more gentle, more inspirational as a, as a human being. Um, yeah, he left an imprint on all the people who knew him. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, he came back from Bali with a tattoo on his wrist that was the Balinese Om. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I can't, I lost count of how many people after he passed got that tattoo. I have oh. one. Oh, wow. My mother has one. Oh, my wow. youngest son has one. And my sister and several members of his band and just countless friends um, saw it online and duplicated it. They just mm-hmm. decided that was what they wanted to do to memorialize Ryder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's powerful to, to leave that imprint and to live your life, you know, in that positive way, you know, it sounded like mm-hmm. he just had such a good spirit about him. Yeah. He, he even talked one girl back from the brink of suicide. I mean, oh, she wow. just didn't see the point in life anymore. Mm. And she met him, I believe it was in Bali and mm-hmm. just took a lesson from the way he approached life mm-hmm. with this, with this love of, of nature, of people, of God. Um, and she just did a complete 180 and she's living a very happy life now. I believe she's married. Um, anyway. Wow. It just goes to show you that, you know, just him being him was him living in his purpose and making that impact. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So it didn't end with his death writer. Um, mm-hmm continued to be present in our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, He was the one who told me to write his story. Mm -hmm. Um, And we got this message through a friend who received messages from him like a fax in the middle of the night. And she'd Mm -hmm. get up and transcribe them and Mm -hmm. send them to me in the morning. Um, We, you know, I saw an astrologer who said, yes, this charts, these charts were, written that his would not be a long life and you Mm. made this agreement before he Mm -hmm. was born and um now I certainly don't remember that but anyway (laughs) like I don't remember signing that contract (laughs) right I don't I don't know if I would have signed something like that but okay (laughs) um anyway he uh we produced his music Mm-hmm. Um, three, three albums worth, which is wonderful. And, um, and then I got my journals out. I had kept journals from the day he was diagnosed mm-hmm. through several years after he passed. And, um, my co-author Kathy Curtis helped me put it into narrative form. So it was more of a story than a journal. Mm-hmm. And, um, we published that about a year ago. Uh, it took us a couple of years to do it. Um, mm-hmm. Even though we had all the material, um, there's a lot to writing the book. Oh yeah. And <laughs> I, it was so therapeutic and I, yeah. I, I have to emphasize the, the therapeutic value of, of just writing. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a book. I, I got the value out of it as I kept my, my online journal throughout his treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to reflect and, um, you know, uh, be philosophical um, about what was going on. And it just, it helped me to read it back. Um, and then what else did we do to memorialize him? Well, we, 
we installed a bench on his favorite mountaintop where he used to go and play his guitar and meditate. Mm -hmm. Um, We set up, we established a scholarship, a musician scholarship at the high school. Mm -hmm. Um, While he was in Bali, he started teaching the children there English Mm-hmm. And they set up a school. Now there are three of them with the Ryder Buck English language program as part of their oh, curriculum. I love that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's wonderful. I love that um, everyone has taken that initiative to just make his purpose uh, not, you know, go in vain, make his life continue to fulfill his impact. I love that. Yeah. His band continued to play as well. Um, mm-hmm. The writer was the lead singer. Both of my mm-hmm. other sons are trained vocalists. Mm-hmm. And so they stepped in. Um, one or the other of them stepped in to do the gigs and uh, the recordings. Um, because some some of writer's recordings were recorded by writer. And some were you know, some came out of his journal and we had one of the band members write the music, but, um, you know, Ryder had left notes, chord progressions and so on mm-hmm. as a guide. And then the boys, the other two boys sang lead on those. So we've got quite a, uh, a collection of Ryder's mm-hmm. legacy. You know, I listen to those CDs whenever I'm in the car and, oh. uh, it just brings him close. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Sounds like a full family of creatives. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. My my younger two are performers. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Wow. What was his uh, favorite Disney movie? I know he had a favorite, especially with his well, parents. <laughs> <laughs> when he was when he was young, and um, his favorite was the Jungle Book. And that was the one that was watched over and And over over. and over again, (laughs) as any parent with a child knows. Yeah. They hook in on something. That's it. And so (laughs) I would say, but he loved Hercules as a, as a teenage, as a young teen who was growing into his own power. Mm -hmm. He really identified with Hercules and, um, my my middle son saying go the distance from hercules at his service oh yeah my goodness yeah. that's a lot wow i love that i just i was just curious i was like well being in a disney family what was his favorite disney movie <laughs> right well and they all loved they were all young enough to really love tarzan uh, um yeah writer writer was killed um just exactly a month before Frozen was released. Oh, no. So you can imagine what those celebrations were like. They were very, very schizophrenic. Mm. Um, You know, my husband would have to go to these awards banquets and parties and so on. And I went to a few with him, but I bowed Mm -hmm. out on several. And, you know, it was congratulations, and I'm so sorry. You know, and so in the same breath, he would have to take this roller coaster of emotion. Yeah. Um, but uh, we did go to Bali the following summer and we got the same guide that took riders. So we went to all the spots that he had been and, um, you know, just kind of 
got in touch with him there. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. I couldn't even imagine the impact that would have on um, still trying to hold such a enormous accountability for producing, you know, this large film while going through your, you know, right. all the things that are happening in your personal life. It's just tough. Yeah. Yeah. It was mind boggling. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. Um, so with your book and writer's book and Kathy's book, (laughs) leave your light on what, in what way does it mean to leave your light on? Ah, very good question. Mm -hmm. Well, this is what writer, this was the first song he ever wrote was called leave your light on. Okay. And this was, basically his mantra it was you know find your passion find your truest self and be that in the world Mm -hmm. and you you know basically you can't go wrong with that as a as a recipe for life Mm -hmm. so um he brought me back out of the darkness I mean I was disintegrating after Mm -hmm. he passed Mm -hmm. and because he kept he kept coming through in ways that were just undeniably writerisms. But then I had his music as well to keep me, you know, anchored to him. And um, I think, does that explain it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Just knowing that significance of of uh, the connection to his passion in itself right. is is right. enough really yeah he um, was big on you know being yourself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i love that just kind of uh taking in your own power and and seeing your own light and focusing on that to to guide you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so with this book how has it i know it's been very therapeutic but how has it impacted your family as well? Just kind of seeing you go through this experience and wow, you know, I've seen it all come together. (laughs) They they never believed it would happen. Really? Um, Okay. In the beginning, of course, my husband knew better because he knows me. Knows who you are. Exactly. Right. And my boys should have known better, but you know, (laughs) they just kind of sat back and watched and went, what the heck? Yeah. And when we were finally finished and the books were in the mail and, uh, you know, I opened the first box, they were like, I can't believe you did it, mom. (laughs) I mean, it was, I got stories from them, which were, um, you know, difficult on the one hand. Um, my middle son wasn't as demonstrative as my younger one. Um, (laughs) but, uh, you know, we collected stories from, family and um many of writer's friends mm-hmm. and then writer we took things out of his journal and so that's why he's listed as co-author on the book okay. because Those are his contributions right his musings um and his philosophies are in there um from the time he was in grade school because he oh, was wow. a prolific writer so ah very similar i was like that too <laughs> were you yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, always writing, even just at age six, five, and oh, six. Mm-hmm. I hope you still have them. I I don't know where a lot of those things are, but um, I still write now, oh, and okay. so even even now, just reflecting back on the last like six, seven years, I'm like, whoa, 
Life. It's so interesting to yeah. release that way. But yeah, absolutely. What would you say was the biggest um, thing that stands out from writers' writings that's in the book? Oh, you know, there was a song that he sent after he passed, mm. which was so, so beautiful. It's called One Day. Mm. Um, and, uh, and it just kind of describes where he's at, you know, one day, just like any other, someday, mm. this one or another, you'll look and see that I'm gone. Mm. But did I really go? Um, and it goes on. But it's a it's a lovely song, and um, if you mean the writings he did on this side, um, I think I think the writings about um, Bali okay. were were probably the most poignant. Mm-hmm. Just that recent experience he had, and in, in such a spiritual way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could imagine. How did your sons, your the brothers, handle all of this as well? Well, um, when we went to the hospital the morning that the police came to the door, I only had my youngest son okay. with me, and he oh. was 16. Oh. Um, and my husband was in New York doing press for Frozen. Oh. My mi- middle son was in Europe on, on uh, a study abroad Broadway. program. Mm-hmm. So it was just Reed and myself, and he stepped up and became the man in the blink of an eye. He said he couldn't imagine what it was like for me. He couldn't even think about himself because he couldn't imagine what I was feeling. So he, um, he stepped right up and, and took over. Now I have to say that, you know, we all had our, our breaks in life at that point. (laughs) Um, I didn't know if my middle son Woody would go back to school, Mm -hmm. but he was in the middle of his, his passion and his bliss studying musical theater in Michigan. Mm -hmm. And um, Reed, my youngest was uh, president of the choir and, um, captain of the water polo team and had all of these responsibilities, which he just was no longer interested in. Mm -hmm. He, he kind of lost focus and purpose. He, he said, what, you know, what's the point? And he did graduate and he went away to college, but then he decided to take a year and a half off. He was just not finding his footing Mm -hmm. and, um, he was studying, started studying comedy because he found that he could actually chuckle when he, again, when he um, watched comedy on TV or mm-hmm. um, humorous movies or whatever. And it surprised him that he could actually laugh. <laughs> um, so he began studying comedy and he did stand up around L.A. Um, for a while and then decided to go back to school and study film. And he's just graduating next week. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah so. Oh, my goodness. That shows a true. One. Yeah. It shows a true testament of strength for sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, strength is not 
not dealing with it. It's dealing with it and getting through it. So that's, that's right. It's, mm-hmm. it's, and we've, we've done it as a family. I mean, we talk about writer, we've got pictures up on, we have a rotating frame that has everybody on it, but there's a lot of writer and, you know, the boys will muse about him and his antics and their dynamics and, um, you know, just a day hardly goes by that we don't feel his presence and include him in our conversation. Mm-hmm. I know grief takes a lot of forms. How have you learned to deal with the grief yourself? Like, I just, it's so tough every time I hear a parent losing a child because you always expect for your child to outlive you. So right. how, did, how did you handle that? Did you learn any coping mechanisms or just? Well, we... <laughs> We memorialized Ryder in as many ways as we could think of. Mm. And that, you know, and spreading his story is the answer to his request and also answers a soul need in me, Mm. you know, because all anyone who's lost someone, child or spouse or parent, Mm -hmm. all, all they really need is for someone to sit with them and, and share the stories whether they're listening or telling them, um, that's that's really the most important thing anybody can do for someone who's grieving. So I have had the opportunity through these podcasts and through the scholarship um, and the schools to tell writer's story and um, just kind of spread his love. Mm-hmm. So that's you know that's the best I could do. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's incredible. Some people, it's just so painful to even deal with it that they just try to escape it. They don't even want to, you know, be reminded of things. So just the fact that you've embraced it and worked with it is really powerful. Yeah. I had a neighbor whose son died um, when he was 24. And I had, he was my best friend. I had just moved out to L.A., and we grew up together from the time mm-hmm. I was 10. And um, they never said his name See? again. Yeah. And that's and when I, you die. It's when, you know, nobody says your right, name again, right? Right. I, I just couldn't, I couldn't fathom it. Mm. Um, but you never want to be in someone's shoes to experience it. And, no. And have to do it your own way. But there I was. <sighs> wow. Oh my goodness. And I know it, it, I, even though this was, uh, what was it? Eight years ago? Almost eight years. Almost yeah, eight in years? October, it will be eight years. Okay. Yes. Okay. So even then, I mean, that's, it seems long, but it's really not all that long ago. And tr- it's true. Like it's some yesterday. Days, yeah. Some days it feels like, wow, eight years. It doesn't feel like eight years. Yeah. It might feel like one because so much has happened, mm-hmm. but um, it certainly doesn't feel like eight. Eight sounds long, but it's it's not. It's not. It's really not. Um, how has your family changed over the years since he has passed? Well, you know, the boys have grown closer, which oh, they good. weren't in the in the beginning. Woody was in the middle, and he just kind of took himself out of the family dynamics. Ryder mm-hmm. and Reed, you know, would spar and battle and you know, um, 
tease each other horribly <laughs> and and Woody didn't want to be any part of it. But mm. when Woody became the the present older brother mm. to Reed, they started to bond. And wow. now they still bicker, but they <laughs> at least they bicker. Yeah. You know, at least they have that relationship. But it's not all that. You know, mm-hmm. they they support each other, they appreciate each other. Um, and they have bonded in a way that probably wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know that, and, you know, my husband has always been kind of a quiet, quiet character mm-hmm. unto himself. Um, but a tenderness came out in him that, um, I could see he was reaching beyond his, um, his comfort zone. When, mm-hmm. when Ryder first passed, Chris said, you know, I need to go. I need to get out of here. Mm-hmm. I need to get away from all these people, basically, because yeah. I had the house full of people oh. because that's the only way I could survive. Got it. So he went up the coast, you know, with my blessing, took mm-hmm. his bike and camped out for a few days and mm-hmm. just got in touch with Ryder yeah. in his own way. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, came back with full compassion and um, understanding and reaching out, which was, you know, which was um, unlike him, but, mm-hmm. you know, because he was pretty self-contained character. Mm, that's where a writer probably gets it from. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, everybody handles everything differently. And I mean... It's overwhelming for everyone, but you just never know how it's going to be expressed. So since Ryder has passed, do you, I'm sure it's, it almost seems like you can still learn from him even after he has passed physically. Oh, yeah. Have you felt or received like any kind of like messages or anything like that from him? Oh, yes. And Mm. probably, you know, the biggest message is, is, leave your light on mom, Mm -hmm. keep it burning, you know, find what you love and hang on to it. Um, and you know, I, when I was working on the book and, you know, other challenges, life challenges, I would get his voice in my ear saying, you got this mom, (laughs) you got this. And it's, it's so writer to say just that, you know, but, um, we got lots of messages from him um, through different people. Really? Uh, yeah, there was a, a psychic who who um, kind of, I would check in with her, I think, once every other week. Mm-hmm. And Ryder always came through with, with Ryderisms that she couldn't possibly know, mm. you know, um, and, but that I recognized as, as him. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Then I had my friend who, who got messages in the night, which was, they were, they varied from, you know, direct messages to, to us to, you know, I've got to show you these board shorts. These are what I was wearing when we were in Hawaii. (laughs) And she went looking and searching for the picture of what she saw that night. And of course she came up with them, Yeah, you know? Um, and I, I said, yeah, I recognize these. This is, these were his board shorts. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So. Oh, wow. And those, those kind of things really lifted me up and it yeah. would last 
it would last for a few days, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so it's very comforting. So it still feels like he's with you. He's not really gone. Like you mentioned that the, the song after he passed the one day, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I've never said I lost my son. Right. Because I've never lost him. Right. You know, I mean, we started immediately trying to be in touch and I've gotten better at receiving mm-hmm. um, than I was in the beginning. I used to need somebody to um, be like the intermediary, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I've gotten so that I can feel him mm-hmm. and and hear him, not like out loud, but in right. my in my heart. Yes. You know, so um, I listen with my heart and we're still in touch. Oh, I love that. That's very, very, very powerful. And uh, I'm sure that's even inspiring to anyone that has lost a child or, or anyone close. Right. Absolutely. Um, what do you hope someone can take away from reading this book? Well, you know, Ultimately, I mean, it is a story that contains cancer, mm-hmm. and it is a story that contains death, but it's not a story about cancer and death. Mm-hmm. It's a story about hope mm-hmm. and, um, and finding your, your purpose and clinging to it, being true to yourself. Um, I think it's a very encouraging book, and... Um, You'll have to tell me what you think when you read it. Absolutely. I can't wait. I'm very excited. Yeah, I think it's um, especially for his peer group, Mm -hmm. you know, the 20-somethings and 30-somethings. I I really think that they can get a lot out of it. Especially because he was so young. And so many people that are really young we kind of think we're invincible (laughs) sometimes and so I think that it's just it I think it's extremely powerful to have someone as a peer to see wow how much they really valued life and and cherish that and kept going no matter what Um, so that in itself is immensely inspiring yeah would you give any advice or would you say any, what would you say to someone that's recently has lost a child? Oh my gosh. Well, put one foot in front of the other. Mm. Um, that's, that's all I could do. Yeah. You know, um, and, uh, grief can be all consuming, Mm. but life continues and, you know, uh, participating to the degree that one can Mm. um, becomes a pattern um, after a while and um, find someone that will listen to you and or just sit quietly Mm. Um, because in the early in the early days that was what meant the most to me I mean I had friends who wanted to just go for a walk and that was something I could handle you know, there, mm-hmm. there were big parties and, and things, like I said, I passed on many of them, but, mm-hmm. um, I kind of compartmentalized my life and did the things that had to be done and then went back to my, my dark hole. Um, and you know, I would come out, I would come out periodically, but, um, mm-hmm. 
there is light at the end of the tunnel and uh and just believing that that it's there somewhere Mm -hmm. will eventually get you there Mm. powerful wow well i loved everything you had to share with us today i i I don't even have a lot of words to say just because it's just incredible. And I'm really grateful for you to be as open as you are to share your story. Um, and I just want to say thank you so much. Oh, well, thank you. It's as important for me as, as it is for any listener because telling the story is healing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Is there anything else that you want to share about your book or anything else you want to say? Well, um, the website for the book is leaveyourlightonbook.com. Okay. And there is a link on that website that goes to Writer's Music website if anyone's interested in hearing the kind of music and watching him perform. We have videos on there. Absolutely. Um, Or... Very simply, if you just want one click, go to Amazon under Leave Your Light On and you can buy it just one click. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Shelly. I hope that you enjoy your weekend. Thank you, Lindsay. You as well.